welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 how are you all doing today? I'm, of course, your host, Mark Nez. How are you all doing? Hope you're having a good day. If you're a part of the Discord, I hope it's better than last night. Holy crap, did we just shit on everything last night? Ugh. That's uh, the worst recommendation to ever join the Discord. However, if you ever want to vent and you just want to take a nice big dump on yourself, my Discord, the Pixelated Sausage Discord, is the place to be. We can poop all over each other. <laughs> Not literally, unless you're Wanster, who's into that thing, we learned. He's very much into that thing. We were all like, two girls, one yuck, and... Yeah, Wanster was two girls, one yum in my mouth. Oh, yeah, baby. But uh, I want to keep things short because it is, what time is it? Is It is currently 9.32. Nope, it just turned 33. I just turned 33. No, I didn't. I'm about to turn 37 later this year. Jesus Christ. But it is 9.33 in the morning, in the a.m., on this here very Tuesday the day in which this goes live. I just got back from the dentist. Thankfully, my replacement crown was not the wrong size or had a little gap or anything of that ilk. So that is now in and cementing itself into my mouth. They told me to wait 30 minutes before eating or drinking. I really wanted to have a cup of coffee immediately after my appointment. But because of that, I am postponing that and recording this now. So here we are. I finished The Last of Us yesterday. Yeah, in the morning, right? I, well, it doesn't matter when I finished it. All that matters is I finished it. And I thought it was okay. Spoilers if you've never played or... Yeah, if you've never played the game, because if you've never watched, of course, I mean, you have a day and a half or whatever to watch the show at this point. Two days. But the issue people have with video games, where there's a lot of killing and a lot of action and all that happening, that's unrealistic, but it makes sense in the context of a video game where you have to have things to do. You don't have to have things to do, but it makes sense that the player would want to be engaged with the gameplay. The the criticisms that how do you how do you adapt that to the screen? It did not work in the show. They just had Joel blasting through this hospital. They did it pretty fast with what amounted to uh it's not a collage. What do, you, what do you call those things? But you just had a lot of quick cuts between him killing this military person, that military person. Seemingly, at no, I do not believe he ever took a single shot. He, he was not wounded at all throughout this encounter. So apparently he's a Navy SEAL now, and he's just... He's shown that he's capable in the past and in previous episodes but he was just a one man killing machine there and I don't I didn't like it 
in this show. And overall, I think after the Henry and Sam storyline concluded, so after episode five, the show was just okay at best. The so there's there's nine episodes total, so seven. Eight, oh, what what the hell was the sixth episode? I can't remember what the sixth episode was because Left Behind was episode seven, if I'm remembering things right. Was it was was Henry and Sam five and six? thought it was maybe four was the getting to the point where they met that's that's yeah that's what it was so yeah four was reaching that city five was the whole thing with Henry and Sam and then six was the conclusion I think I think I could be confusing things still but I thought the left behind episode was terrible I did not enjoy a single second of it. It felt incredibly scripted and fake and inauthentic. And maybe it's the exact opposite. And I just am out of touch with the way kids are. But it felt very, I don't want to say disingenuine because that's not the right word, but just fake and inauthentic. I, I didn't buy it. It just felt very written. It felt phony. So I did not like that episode at all. It did not land emotionally. It didn't do anything for me. When it ended, I was very happy. Then the episode that follows that, it was fine. It was fine. And then the, the finale was okay. But I prefer the video game. So I, I prefer the show up and through Henry and Sam's arc. And then everything after that, I prefer the game. I think Nolan North. What is his name? The character's name. The the cult-ish leader. Uh, the cannibal leader. Spoilers again. If you've not played the game. But uh, I thought his rendition of that character was way more menacing and scary and creepy and the TV version of him was whatever I didn't it was, a bit, it was a bit of a bummer the, the funnest thing about the last few episodes that I won't exactly spoil but it's the the few familiar faces and who those familiar faces are what happens to them? How things happen to them? One last spoiler. Super fun to see. Okay, no, just spoilers. And then I'm done with The Last of Us anyway. So spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Pausing. Uno, dos, tres. I don't know why I did not just say one, two, three. Spoiler zone. It was fun seeing Troy Baker play basically the right-hand man of the cult leader. And it was especially fun to see Troy Baker, voice of Joel in the video game, killed by live-action TV show Ellie because he played her father in the video game. So that was fun. And then you have 
Ashley Johnson, the voice of Ellie in the game, playing shit. I just hit a button. Or was it for someone? Okay, I just, no, I didn't hit a button. I just hit my mouse. I heard a click, and I was like, "What did I do?" Uh, <laughs> we had Ashley Johnson, voice of Ellie, also niece of Jean-Claude Van Damme and Lionheart, his greatest film, work of art. She played Ellie's mother, who I I was pretty sure when she didn't show up at any other point in the, the series that that was probably who she was going to play. Fun seeing her in that role. So that, that was nice. And what was it, Tommy? I've talked about in the past. Tommy was the right-hand man of the lady leader who got his head ripped off by the giant brute clicker thing. That was fun, too. And that guy had an incredible beard. But, yeah. Solid show. Solid show. Even with the weaker conclusion, the, the, the last few episodes and all that, Still probably overall the best made video game adaptation. Not my favorite. Again, it's not something I'd be chomping at the bit to rewatch. It's not the most. In, it's enjoyable, but it's not. Man, I could watch that over and over and over again. It's not Galaxy Quest. It's. Schindler's Quest. I don't know. I was trying to think of a space movie that was really dour and depressing, and I could not think of anything. What is a space movie that's really... Is there... I mean, I'm sure there are. I just... I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Not 2000. Maybe Solaris. Eh. But even that... I mean, there's no, there's nothing that can compete with The Last of Us in space. Galaxy, what is it called? Gravity. Gravity Gravity is just a whole fucking, that's a fucking nightmare of a movie. I would never want to be in that situation. But yeah, finish The Last of Us. Finish Star Trek Voyager. You know Star Trek Voyager just wasn't my jam when... It ended and I felt nothing. And I barely even remember how it ended. The whole episode revolves around Janeway, future Janeway, going back in the past to help them get back to the Alpha Quadrant. Quadrant? It's qu- is it Quadrant? Whatever. Uh, get back home and also hopefully prevent 709 from dying. Uh, in the process, which happened in her timeline. And it's fine. It's all right. Eh. It's, a, it's a little weird how all the characters aged the same way in the future. So everyone had gray hair. Everyone seemed everyone seemed like they aged and were now the same age. But whatever. Who cares about that? I was a little confused as t- I could not tell in the last episode. And it may be became clear as the episode progressed and I just stopped paying attention. If Seven of Nine and Chakotay were actually ever a real couple or she was only ever with the house. I don't know what was going on there. 
but it, it was a better show once Kess was replaced with Seven of Nine. And overall, I'd say it was enjoyable in those last three seasons. Enjoyable enough. But overall, it was a bad. It's it's the worst Star Trek series. It's, it's trying very, very, very hard to just be the next generation again. And it, it should have tried to be something else. It should have tried to be its own thing. And it tries so hard to be the next generation to the point of having characters from like I was sick of Q. I had a, I had enough of Q from the next generation. I didn't need more Q. And you know what I definitely didn't need in the final fucking Q related episode is Q's annoying, bratty, whiny little son. Also Q because they're all Q's. Being a little brat, making What's his name? Will Wheaton seemed like my I want to be his best friend. Because this Q is a piece of shit. But I think I'm going to... After I finish recording this, upload it, blah, blah, blah. I think the plan today... Fingers crossed. I don't need to cross him. But uh, I'm going to try and watch RRR today. But... Enough of that. Flexing it up, flexing it up. I'm very I'm I'm gonna give that thing one more shot, Jedi. To see if it can it can get the 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 seasons, the episodes in the right order, because I, I have something I need to do that I know the order it'll be in. And if it gets it right, I'll humor it maybe. But let's get on to what I've been playing, because I want to—I don't want to spend too much time on this. Starting with the Mato Anomalies, and I want—I want to start now when I talk about games and whatnot, is to read you the description according to Steam, because everything's on Steam. So, Mato Anomalies takes players on a journey through a neo-futuristic version of a bygone Oriental city. Do we, do we just not like Oriental when used in certain ways, or like, okay? Is it okay there? I feel like Oriental, in general, in any use case, is we don't want that. But I don't know. I, I never use it, so I'm not sure what. It, I, I, I'm reading. This is the description. I didn't write this. I didn't. Don't, don't. Blame the messenger. Investigate strange happenings across the city and uncover secrets behind the walls. Join a cast of enigmatic, unlikely heroes in this anime-inspired RPG experience. So, Mato Anomalies is, at its core, a visual novel. However, it also has a handful of traditional cutscenes that have voice acting to go along with them. Some less than traditional comic book cutscenes with panels and all that jazz also voiced turn-based RPG combat town walking and talking and a very light deck building-esque card battling system 
I say deck building S because I don't know if there's any actual deck building in the game, but it has the same type of card battling system you see in games like Slay the Spire and any other such game where you have your certain number of action points or whatever the equivalent is, and it's turn-based. You have your cards. They all cost a certain amount. You can play however many amount of action points you have for the turn and so on and so forth. It's somewhat interesting. You play as this character named Doe, as in Do-Re-Mi. He even says that. He's like, oh, I'm Doe. Do-Re-Mi. And you're a detective. And there is some funky business going on. Alternate dimensions. Mind hacking, which is where the card battling comes into play. And... I really want to like it. But because it's doing so much, and I'm assuming the development team is on the smaller side, it's clear right from the start they bit off more than they can chew because everything is rough around the edges. Everything needs more polish, needs more time. Is They all have potential. They just need more time and thought put into them that may just not have been possible with the team size. Again, assumptions on my end. And it's a shame. It's a shame, but also it makes you want to see what they can maybe do for it. And maybe if they try to focus things a bit more because there's just so much going on and none of... This isn't a, a game where the sum of the parts, it, like everything comes together to make a, an overall satisfying experience. Everything is weak enough that no matter what you're doing, you are aware of its weaknesses, its cons, that no part of the game is enjoyable because they're all just okay at best the turn-based combat is very simple and straightforward there's a little bit of a weirdness in how when you are uh attacking or whenever you do an action instead of seeing your character run up to a, uh, an enemy to do their action to attack them what have you it just kind of jump cuts to the action taking place which is a little disconnecting but it's very it's very basic not super satisfying the card battling system is very simple and it's just weird to have that it's weird to have that gameplay element in the game in addition to the turn like Maybe if they focus on one type of combat system, one type of system in general, they could have fleshed it out more, added more depth, made it more unique. But instead, they just started picking and choosing and grabbing a whole bunch of things that are popular. Hey, people like visual novels. Let's deliver our story that way. People like this. Let's put this game type in our game. People like this. Let's put that here. 
And it's just this hodgepodge of ideas that don't connect in a way that feels cohesive. The the story it's it's the story itself is interesting. But the characters and then dialogue are less so. And some of the attempts at humor and being clever and cute don't work at all. Uh, for me, at least, I, I, I can I can be very overly critical of writing, and I think it's just because I myself am a writer. Not saying I'm a good writer, but bad writers can be critical of good writing, or bad writing, or any writing in between. The visuals are okay in motion, but in the the cutscenes, they don't look that great they seem to have a sharpening filter on them that makes them look a little nasty another thing that shows a lack of polish is in the comic book cutscenes when they are delivering a panel when something is happening in a panel a character is talking or doing an action the dialogue will continue, at, so you'll you'll get like some bit of motion in each panel, and then eventually it'll stop. But it always stops well before the dialogue of that panel has stopped. So you'll see the motion of the panel happening, and then it'll stop. But the scene is still going on, so it's a weird, again, disconnect where. The scene is stopped visually, but audibly, it's still going on. So you still hear any kind of background noise and you hear the dialogue, all that kind of stuff. And it it's just weird. It would have been better if the panels were just not moving at all. And instead of using the in-game assets that don't look that great in those sections, had hand-drawn art instead. And that probably would have been cheaper but maybe it's easier to just use the in-game engine and throw in a little bit of movement and, and whatnot instead of art only for these particular cutscenes so yeah it, it's it's a game I wish I liked more because I do really appreciate the attempt to because like, again at its core it is a visual novel that is the way it's delivering its story and you'll get these additional cutscenes every now and again. But for the most part, it is a visual novel with your traditional profile, talking heads, and all that. Very limited choice is in, in the time I've put into the game. So I appreciate the attempt to take the visual novel and make it into more of a game. To add gameplay elements to it so that it's not just a novel with a handful of images tied to it, which is something I'm always critical of. And I believe there are other examples of this. Of course, we have Persona 3 Portable, which I think is way, way, way into the... It's now just a visual novel. You don't even move around in the, the, the school or do any kind of that thing. You just have the, the RPG combat. 
and then everything else is Vision Novel, but I have not played that game myself. I've only played Persona 3 proper. But I think a, a more contemporary example, and I could be wrong because I haven't played it myself. I believe that 13 Sentinels game is a visual novel with actual gameplay. And there are other examples out there as well that try and give you more of a game experience on top of delivering its story in a visual novel way, which I like and I wish more visual novels did. But of course, that increases the amount of work and challenge that goes into it. So I understand why most visual novels are just visual novels. But yeah, that is that is Mato Anomalies, a game that has potential, but bit off more than it could chew. And we'll see if maybe some updates can fix some of those rough edges. But I, I'm, I'm not exactly optimistic about that. Next, we have Meg's Monster. Let's read the description for that. How about it? How about it? Meg's Monster. Take control of the underworld's grumpiest ghoul to help a lost little girl find her way home in this creepy, cute indie adventure. Just be warned, if she cries, the whole world dies. I like the rhyme there. I appreciate that. So this is an RPG of very, 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 very narrative centric story driven turn-based rpg with combat that is so reminiscent of pokemon you could argue they just completely ripped off pokemon because they just completely ripped off pokemon so it's it's very very simple rock paper scissor-esque not not even you don't even have to think in what little time i put it into and what little amounts of the game i've actually played because in the first hour I probably was in combat gameplay five minutes of that one hour because it was just delivering story upon story upon story upon story. And the combat itself is structured exactly like old traditional Game Boy Pokemon. And your monster dude his name, it's not Gary, it's something basic. But he is super OP. And what you actually have to worry about is Meg and her concern for him because she has grown attached to him. You play her as an adult at the beginning of the game, going back to the lab where your mother worked, uh, trying to remember things, I guess. I can't, I can't remember the exact reasoning. But then some crazy shit happens. You fall down. A hole in the ground and then you wake up in the past uh, essentially or maybe it's all a dream i don't i haven't finished the game so i don't know what how it all plays out but you wake up as your little girl self with this monster you run into some monsters of course you know when you start crying because they want to eat you the whole world starts to turn red everyone's burning like shit calm her down and there's some scientist guy. There's a whole bunch of conspiracy shit happening. But the way the combat works and, and what little I've experienced is that the monster himself is very, very OP. Indestructible, cannot be killed. I don't know if there's going to be any kind of 
Castlevania type of, hey, here, you're super OP right now, but F you, now you lost all your powers. But in the beginning, at least, you're OP, and it's Meg you have to worry about because she is so attached to you that when she sees you taking hit, she also takes damage because she's emotionally damaged by seeing you take any type of pain which is it's cute i like that gameplay conceit however the the combat the rpg combat is still very very basic and requires absolutely no thought at least early on and none of that matters ultimately because the game is way more concerned with its story and if that doesn't work for you it, it the game's not going to work for you and that did not work for me at all sadly i found the writing to be pretty bad i don't know if it was trying to be funny a lot of the times if it was not a single joke landed not even close and I became incredibly exhausted by the whole thing very quickly and it is just so fucking talky it just won't shut up I wanted to just play the game but it just kept talking and talking and talking and then I finished chapter one or whatever and it sent me to this round table where I'm watching these other characters I have yet to meet go on and on and on talking to each other. And I'm just like, can I play the freaking game for more than a minute or two at a time? And the game just would not let me do that. It, it really wanted me to experience its story. And I was kind of in within the first five minutes. And after that, no, that the, the everything thing when she was an adult going back to this lab I was who what, what's going on here and even like the story itself I think is kind of interesting it's the dialogue and all the characters talking that's not and that's what you're not what you're doing that's what they're doing most of the time you're not getting the story you're just getting the characters talking I'm like fucking shut up so sadly Meg's monster is just too, too lopsided in the story department with very, very little gameplay of any ilk, even just walking around and exploring or anything of that nature. And the story, the writing, is mostly bad that I have no drive to keep playing. So yeah, that's Meg's monster. Last but not least is Planet Cube colon Edge. That is Planet Cube Edge. Planet Cube is being invaded. Prepare to run, gun, jump, and dash your way through an underwater science complex collecting firepower to turn the tables on a mysterious aggressor. This, ah, this is... This is high-speed adventuring set in a handcrafted pixel art world filled with precision platforming and thrills. So this is an action platformer with a very 
original Game Boy-esque aesthetic. It's just a lot of greens and different shades of green. A very muted green. Not exactly Game Boy, but close enough. And you play a cube who is, I believe, a young bustling scientist. He just recently developed this gun, which you will utilize to shoot baddies and activate switches uh, after you collect it when you finish the first level. And I really like the look of the game. Great animation. Don't remember the music. But I found the whole thing. It plays well. I think it controls well. But level design, enemy placement, everything revolving around what you have to do. I found the game very frustrating and not in a, not in a satisfying way. And not frustrating to the point where I would ever look at a screen or a whole level and, and not a whole level, but because some some screens you'll continue scrolling through them, but or not not exactly. But I, I never I never looked at a task in front of me or an obstacle in front of me and thought. I don't know how to do this, but more often than not, the thought of doing it because of the way it was designed made me annoyed before I even attempted it because it, it became uh, apparent very early on that this is just going to be a really annoying experience and I was annoyed by it. I got to the first level, which I think that alone only 50% of players have done and I think the drop off after that is probably going to be pretty high the the saving grace of the game what kept me playing as as long as I did because I would have dropped it way earlier was the checkpointing system it has a very 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 generous checkpointing system in some cases you will be reset to the beginning of a level. And I think that is just in certain instances where they really want you to put together a run through a level. And in some cases to it, it may be because it's a boss section where you're being chased by a giant mechanized suit or something of that nature. But for the most part, the checkpointing system typically put me two jumps prior to where I died. Sometimes one jump. And I was very surprised by this. I was not expecting that. I was always expecting to have to start at the very beginning of the, the area uh, that I was in. But it wasn't the case. So you can, in many, in many situations, just sort of, if you're having, and I, I forgot, I really wanted to do this and I forgot. I wanted to see if there are any type of accessibility options of a Celeste type of nature that makes it much more forgiving, you know, even more forgiving than it is with this checkpoint system. But you can 
essentially brute force your way through an area because of how generous that checkpointing system is, which definitely goes a long way in alleviating the annoyance or a good chunk of the annoyance that comes from just the, the game itself. But even so, I still never found any part of the game satisfying clearing an area, getting a nice run together. There was never a single moment where I felt like I accomplished anything. And that is the exact opposite of what you want out of a, a challenging game and what I would assume the developers would want. I, I think when you are providing the player with a challenge you want them to feel a sense of accomplishment after getting through an area getting through some difficult patches and and that's how i want to feel as frustrating as something like celeste could be at times it, it never or, or a better more apt comparison would be n plus the n series that can be very frustrating because the game just wants to fucking punch you in the face all the time but it, it's so satisfying when you beat a level, uh, and especially ones that are, are giving you a hard time. And that, that sense of accomplishment is very rewarding and feels good, and I just never had that once with Planet Cube. So, that's, that's, that's a, a, a bit of a, a bummer. Because I really, again, I really like the look of it. And, and this is something that is the way I feel. You may find the game very satisfying, very rewarding, not at all frustrating. But that that wasn't the case for me. So I'm going to I'm gonna just, uh, that, that, that is again, Planet Cube Edge. Give it a, give it a look, see if, if you like, if you like Splatformers as they're still called by no one. Does, does anyone call them splatformers? Was there even a moment? Like, that was something I heard at one point, but I don't know if that ever stuck. Was it ever used by anyone? Or did someone just mention it once? And people were like, I guess. And then they just moved on and never used it. Because that's how it feels. I'm gonna hit these Patreon questions real quick because I want to end this show. I don't want to linger too much, and I want my I want my freaking coffee now. It's been over 30 minutes. I'm coffee ready. So then I just saw this. I was fine last night. So fuck all of you. Thank you, Jordan. You're so sweet. And, and she's already starting off shitty day. Woohoo! Oh God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. From Enchi though. Would you rather Chris Pratt be the star of every blockbuster film for the next five years and be forced to watch every one, or have a pushpin slash tack randomly appear on your chair when you sit down at least twice a week? So, uh, I, I looked at these questions ahead of time. And if not for one modifier to your question, or, or one aspect of your question... I would have gone with Chris Pratt because as much as I might poo-poo on him and think he's overall not a great actor because he has no range whatsoever, 
I don't dislike him to the extent that a lot of people, yourself in particular, do. I am perfectly fine watching him in most cases. I just think in, in a lot of cases, too, he, he could. He, they could have gotten someone better. He's never in a role where I think Chris Pratt was made for this role. Except maybe Parks and Rec. I, I really liked him on Parks and Rec. But I would have to go with the the pushpin slash attack because it's not that he is in, that he is the star of every blockbuster film, but that I am forced to watch every single blockbuster film. And that's the bigger concern because I can't think of the la- I don't I don't know what's considered a blockbuster film at this point anymore outside of MCU and the occasional something like Top Gun Maverick, etc. I don't think you would consider everything everywhere all at once to be a blockbuster film. So you have your Avatar, your MCU, your DC, and then those random Top Gun Maverick use. And being forced to watch all of those is what is more concerning to me. And what what constitutes a blockbuster film? How many are there out there? Because maybe there are a lot of ones. That that's that's the thing that makes it a little bit. Our our big budget Netflix movies, blockbuster films. What is a blockbuster film at this point? Our Disney Plus originals, blockbuster was a Lady in the Tramp live action thing for Disney Plus a blockbuster film. I I yeah, that that's the, the thing. So I don't really give a shit about Chris Pratt. But being forced to watch every likely dog shit movie I don't want to do that. Also, how do I have to watch them? Does it just can I watch them in my own way? Can I half watch them while exercising? While working on doing my bench exercises, so I'm not even watching them, just listening to them. Because then I never mind. I'll, I'll do that. I'll just watch them when I'm barely watching them. Boom. Case closed. From Lunchbox. If you had to limit yourself to one gaming setup, what would it be? Including input devices like if you choose a controller on PC, then you can't use a mouse and keyboard for games. When you asked this before you had the parentheses, I didn't even consider PC as an option. Well, who's calling me? Who's calling me? I get so many freaking bullshit numbers. But I wasn't even thinking about PC until you mentioned PC. And after seeing that, obviously, my answer will be PC. No, no, no. I don't want to open the capture for that was the wrong thing. Uh, PC is the obvious answer. Because PC, I get to play pretty much everything. I can play... Most every, if not every, third-party game at this point, because everything typically, if it's locked to a con- if it's exclusive to a console outside of Nintendo, it's gonna also come to PC. We're getting a lot of PlayStation games, not every PlayStation game yet, and every Xbox game. In in terms of Nintendo, emulation is a thing, so I could just emulate Switch games, and I could emulate all the old systems. 
I'm going to use a controller because as much as mouse and keyboard can benefit a few genres, controller is way more versatile. So I'm going to use an Xbox Series controller. And my platform of choice is going to be PC because it's just the most open, versatile system with the largest library. And the most, it just, it just has every... I, if I if we're ignore if we want to have a little more more fun with the question and ignore PC, then I would go with Xbox because it's just the the platform I'm used to. I prefer that controller. I like what they've done with backward compatibility, even though that ceased. So it it I I would get the most bang on my buck with Xbox. And I just the, the controller part is huge, and I do not like the DualSense. I, the DualSense is is good. It's just this, the series is still vastly better. From Living Large, why do birds suddenly appear every time you are near? Do they? And then from Jedi, what would you say are the must-sees in your city slash area and what's overrated? So, I am not a big city explorer, so I can't really speak to this too much. All I'll say is and I've said this before to you specifically the fucking bean is dumb as shit I know you went to it already you've been to it and I think you thought it was neat but I doubt you'd ever I don't I don't think you thought it was so neat you'd want to see it again I think it's stupid as shit don't go see it and then I highly recommend Brookfield Zoo I haven't been there in years, but I always really, really love that zoo. I also haven't been to any of the museums outside the Art Institute, which I highly recommend. The Impressionist wing section is, is what I recommend most. I, a lot of, That's just my preferred section because I love Impressionism. But there are a lot of great things there. But while I haven't been there in years of the other museums I love the Museum of Science and Industry as a kid I really really want to go back hopefully at some point I've never been to the Shed Aquarium I've always heard great things so that would be a place probably worth going to and then another overrated place but I, I don't know if it, I don't really know if people think all that highly of it but if you or anyone does for some reason have a lot of hype in them about Navy Pier don't it's fucking nothing Navy Pier is nothing so I, I half mention it because I don't actually think people think of Navy Pier and like man I really want to go to Navy Pier I hear so many great things about it. I don't think anyone talk like the only thing about Navy Pier you got the Ferris wheel and then I believe it's Navy Pier that has the only real, true IMAX screen in the city. So, the you know, it's full size and all that shit. If you want to see the real IMAX, you'd go to the theater there. But outside of that, you know, fucking fountains. Cool. I don't, I don't know anything else. Right? Galloping Ghost Arcade outside of the city. Definitely worth checking out. And if you like nature, there are a lot of great forest preserves and parks outside of the city worth going to. So, uh, 
yeah. That's it for Patreon questions. And that's it for the show. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. If you'd like to find all my links of import, the YouTubes, the website, the Patreon, which I'll mention in greater detail, etc. You can do it with all that over at PXSausage.com. That is, again, PXSausage.com, and that'll get you links to all the places with links longer than that. And uh, I'm just looking at my stream deck. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you do enjoy this here show or any of the stuff I do and what have you, you can go over to patreon.com slash PXS to support me and my nonsense that way. If you support at the $3 or higher tier, you get access to some fancy Discord channels along with the ability to ask me questions that I may or may not answer on this here show. So if that sounds like a good time to you, get on it. And if you want to hear some other, there's other stuff to you. Just, you know, if you enjoy any of this stuff and you would like to support my garbage then take a dump on my patreon in the form of a, a buck or two patreon again patreon.com slash pxs is the, the site to do the dumping again patreon.com slash pxs anywho that is it so that will do it for this here episode one last time Again, not again, because I haven't said it yet, but of course, as always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and a lovely rest of your week until I'm here in your ears, spitting through your fears. I don't know where I was going with that. I just know I needed a rhyme, so shut up now. But yeah, until I'm here again Friday with another episode, have a good one. Be good. Remember that I like you. And and what more do you need than that? A lot more. Definitely a lot more. But again, thank you for watching or listening. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. And have a wonderful day and all that. So for now, adios. Uh, Rivadirji. I can't wait to get some coffee in my gullet.